Hey guys, Kale here. So today I want to talk about evangelism. Uh, now I'm not somebody who would consider themselves uh, to have the gift of evangelism, the spiritual gift of evangelism. Uh, spiritual gifts is a very cool, very deep study in the scripture uh, as concerning spiritual gifts in, that are given to the Christian when they're born again and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in them. There are spiritual gifts that are used um, for signs. There are spiritual gifts that are used for uh, that are that are no longer in in use today. Um, that were used in the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament a lot. You'll see in the Book of Acts, um, and there are speaking gifts. Some that were that are no longer in use. We could say temporary sign or confirmation gifts, and then there there are uh, spiritual gifts that are still around today that are permanent uh, edifying gifts. And that's an awesome study. Um, you can find a list of spiritual gifts in the scripture in several different places like, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter four, Romans, uh, 12, I believe, you know, I really should have looked that up before I started talking about it. But, um, really, I, I don't want to get into spiritual gifts, um, specifically, that's a deep study and a valid study and an important one. Um, but evangelism is a gift. Uh, it's, it is found in Ephesians chapter four listed with, you know, God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So evangelism is a gift. It's a speaking gift that is used to communicate the gospel clearly, um, and, and well enough that people can respond to it. Um, but I, I think there's other things to the, uh, the gift of an evangelist as well, such as, uh, having a sensitivity to the spirit to know where those seeking men and women are. And all that to say, that's almost neither here nor there. All, all that to say, I don't think that I'm a person who necessarily has the gift of evangelism, but that doesn't matter because when you go to second Timothy chapter four, it says that we are all to do the work of an evangelist. So whether you have the spiritual gift of evangelism or not, we're all called to do the work of an evangelist and to be an evangelist. So evangelism is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And and calling people to repentance to, to be saved. And the only man in the New Testament who specifically described as an evangelist and called one would be Philip in the book of Acts. And it's an interesting character study, to say the least, but specifically you might recognize Philip from Acts chapter 8 with the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. And and I want to talk about that story and another story in the book of Acts because when when we came to the field as missionaries, um, we had a plan going into it, of course, and then uh, in the middle of our deputation, COVID happened, flipped the world upside down for for not good reasons unlike the disciples in the book of Acts who turned the world upside down for Christ and kind of jettisoned our plans, uh, at least temporarily. And we just, we had to get to the field and we got here in the middle of the pandemic and uh, a lot of restrictions, but we, we knew that the first thing we had to do was other than, you know, starting to adapt to the culture and figuring out how to live here. That's obvious. Um, was start studying the language. So that's what we did. And I started seeking the Lord a lot, praying a lot, like, Lord, where where do we start? When you first get to the mission field or really start to serve in ministry at all in, in any capacity, you can feel like the weight of the world on your shoulders and just this, this burden to save the world. Especially, man, when you spent years fundraising and, and going around to churches and asking them to partner with you in prayer and financially to take the gospel across the world. And then you get there, you're like, we gotta go. People are partnered with us. This is what we're here for. We can't just sit around. 
But at the same time, you need God to build the building because if he doesn't, everything we're doing is in vain. And so we can't just do the ministry in our own power. We need to get up and not be lazy and to do it. But we also need God to, to guide us. We need God to give us the direction. We want to do it biblically, and we want to do it the way he intends for us to do it. And so when we first got here, I'm just praying and seeking the Lord every day as we're studying the language, trying to figure out how to live here in the middle of a pandemic. I'm like, Lord, where do I start? I could do this. I could do this. I'm just dreaming up different things that I could do. But I don't speak the language yet either. So that limits how much you can do. And we're living in the capital city, so there are some English speakers here, of course. Um, and so I'm trying to dream up different ways, and I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want to dream up ways. I want you to show me what to do. And uh, spending a lot of time in his word every day, and and I and I going through the book of Acts, you know, if, if you're a missionary and you're really looking for the example, uh-huh. okay, let's go read Paul. Let's go see what the apostle Paul did, right? And so I started at the beginning, not just at Paul's journeys, you know, halfway through the book of Acts. And, uh, and really two stories jumped out at me, Acts chapter eight with the Ethiopian eunuch and Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius. If you're familiar with those stories, um, you'll be able to track, if not, you know, go, go read those, maybe pause this, go read them and come back or, or just read them afterward. But in, uh, in Acts chapter eight, we have Philip who's called the, an evangelist and the Holy Spirit tells him that. I think that's part of having the gift of evangelism is a sensitivity to the spirit of where seeking men are. And the Holy Spirit guides him to a Ethiopian eunuch, this man of authority who was riding in a chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. And Philip goes up to him and he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch is like, how could I, unless somebody explains it to me? Oh my goodness, what an open door. I feel like so many of us would love an open door like that. I don't know if we're all praying for open doors like that, but I bet we would all love an open door like that. And so Philip looks at where he's at and using that passage he's at, begins to expound the scripture to him and preaches Jesus to him. Guy gets saved, expresses a faith in Jesus Christ, gets baptized. You guys know the rest of the story. What I want you to take away from that, what God impressed upon my heart was there was a man who was already seeking truth. I don't even want to say seeking God. I, I, yeah, I would say he's seeking God, but he's seeking truth. He's reading the scriptures, looking for truth. And then God guided a man of God to that man who was seeking truth, to that seeking man, sent a man of God to the seeking man so that he could preach Jesus to him so he could get saved. So you have a seeking man and God sends the God, the man of God to him. In Acts chapter 10, it's a little bit different. Uh, we have Cornelius, an Italian guy, who it says feared God and prayed daily and gave alms to the people. A good, a good man, by all accounts, as a lost man, a good, ethical, moral, giving, generous man who feared God, but he didn't know Jesus, wasn't saved. He was, he was, he was religious and he was ethical and he was moral. And uh, apparently he was seeking because he prayed every day and God revealed to him in a vision. Now, listen, that doesn't happen today. But, but look at the, the practical devotional application of this story here. God reveals to him, not the gospel. He reveals to him where he can go get the gospel. And he sends him to Peter who had the whole sheep uh, or sheep, I'm sorry, the sheet uh, vision where, you know, with all the unclean food and the clean food and all that. And uh, Peter ends up going to Cornelius and preaching the gospel and he and the people in his house get saved. But God sends the man who was seeking truth and seeking God to the man of God in that instance. Now, you know, Cornelius sent his servants to Peter and then 
brought Peter back with him. But that's that's the two things that stuck out to me when I was reading those stories that got impressed on my heart was that there are, there are seeking men and, and women, of course, in the world. Some of them might know they're seeking God. Some of them might not even realize it, and they're just seeking truth. They know there's more to this life. They know there's more out there, and they're seeking truth. They've, in other words, if you're tracking with me, they've responded to the general revelation of God, and now they need the specific revelation of God, uh, Romans 1 and 2, if you want to check out more about that. And so there are seeking men and women out there, and sometimes God will position and send a man of God to that seeking man so he can hear the gospel and then respond uh, or or choose to say no. I mean, it's it's all up to the free will of that individual, but God gets the gospel to them. And then other times, God may send the seeking man to the man of God um, in order to hear the gospel presented. And so I just started praying that way. I'm like, Lord, so every day I had two big things. God, help me to learn this language. And God, send me to seeking men and send seeking men to me. Position me so that I am in crossing paths with men and women who are seeking truth and then send men and women who are seeking truth to me. And and listen, I've prayed that prayer every day since we have landed here. And not as a legalistic thing, as a, this is the only way that I know how to do this thing. I don't, especially back then, I didn't speak the language at all. Um, and it, and so what was really neat, without giving you stories of this being fulfilled, because it did, God, it did happen. It didn't happen immediately. But when you pray and you pray and you, and you beseech the Lord and you come to him daily and you're asking him for something in his will, he answers your prayers. Lo and behold, it's amazing, isn't it? And, and God sent seeking men to us and God has sent and positioned me to where I was uh, in the vicinity of seeking men and women. And what's really cool is early in our ministry in the first two years, God was putting us in position with seeking men and women who spoke English well enough that we could minister to them in English, become friends with them, practice Hungarian. It's awesome. Something I've just seen recently, which is really just a encouraging thing for me, is that as my Hungarian gets better and I'm intermediate and really at the point where like classes aren't as helpful and I just need to practice speaking and listening and communicating with people, now God's starting to send me to and send people to me, or at least that I'm meeting, that don't speak English or at least don't, or don't speak English very well or don't speak English at all. And now I'm getting to know them and start starting to communicate and talk about God with them. And that's really, really encouraging to me because it's almost like if, if I don't jump the gun on God, and, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me and my tendencies. If I don't jump the gun on God and try to do everything in my own power and I just seek him and wait on him and, and pay and Patiently wait does not mean to sit on my hands and do nothing. It means to serve and to be looking and to be seeking him and for what he's doing and where he's working and people around me. Um, man, he does everything in his timing. And uh, it's a really encouraging thing. And and I really say all that to say this, especially for missions, if, if you're in that world, man, uh, when you get to the field, I think that's a great thing to do is just start praying for seeking men. Uh, to, to be sent to you, you to be sent to them. And uh, again, I've got several stories where that has happened, where I've got to share the gospel and I haven't even seen that guy ever again, or people that um, are in our uh, close circle of friends now um, after that, and, and new people that I'm starting to meet. And it's all just because we're just praying, God, we're here. Where are those 
that are seeking you and they need to hear the specific revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, and, and I hope that can be an encouragement to you because I know so many people, including myself, can feel so inadequate when it comes to being an evangelist. And not because you don't strive for it, not because you don't want to, not because you don't pray for opportunities, but just because you, you don't feel like you're the, that guy who will just boldly share the gospel everywhere he goes and then everyone gets saved. Um, because listen, man, I tell you what, I've shared the gospel a lot in my life and most of them don't get saved. <laughs> and now, I listen, I used to think that, man, that's I must stink at this. But you know what? The Bible tells us to sow the seed and that God will grow the seed. And so you got to sow. Evangelism is sowing. Um, and there's there's a ministry of reaping, of course, and a, and a ministry of discipleship and all of that. But the people's response, their free will response to the gospel is not my job. Now, I mean, we are called to persuade and to give the gospel skillfully, of course, having our, going everywhere, having our feet shod with the gospel of peace. I get that. I'm just saying sometimes we can really let people's lack of response to the gospel get us down to where we stop sharing the gospel. And that's certainly not good either, because then, then we're just taking ourselves out of the game. We're not even in the game. It's like, well, I'm not scoring any points anyway, so I'm going to go sit on the bench. No, get back in the game, right? And so I... I just want this, hopefully it could be an encouragement to you that if you're not sure where to start, um, there's lots of ways to share the gospel, lots, and, and really if your church has um, a discipleship to or ministry tools and training course um, or, or some sort of Bible college course, get those tools. You need tools in your toolbox to be able to share the gospel. That training is important. Um, but listen, at the very least, what you can start doing is praying that God will send you men and women and send you to men and women who are seeking truth. And then, listen, that sometimes for me, that's been a, okay, this guy is not going to be in my life long term. He's, he's just passing through, and God made us cross paths so that he could get the gospel. Praise the Lord for that. Other times, it's, it's a long-term, rather than a short-term evangelism thing, it's a long-term evangelism thing where you're making friends with them, literally making friends, sincere friendships, but then sharing the gospel with them through your testimony, through your life, through opening the word of God and sharing the gospel over the course of a longer period of time. And so, um, yeah, I just want to share that. That's my strategy, um, or at least a broad, general, like macro view of our strategy that, that God showed me when we first got here. Pray for seeking men. Seek seeking men, really. That's that's the way that I like to put it out. We're praying for it, but we're looking for it. You can't just pray for it. You got to be on the lookout too, because God will, it's not always written on a big billboard like, hey, this guy, he doesn't just come up to you and say, hey, I'm seeking truth. Can you share the gospel with me? You have to be alert and aware and looking for it. So it starts with praying and then it starts for, you know, intentionally looking and going places, looking for that, or at the very least being aware as you're living your life. So um, seek seeking men. That's, that's the lesson for today. That's what God has shown me. It's what we're continuing to do. And, uh, and the cool thing is God has been proving himself faithful through it all. Um, which is awesome. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you guys. Um, and you can, uh, continue along with myself to sharpen our skills, hone our skills and, and become better evangelists every day. Cause that's, uh, certainly what we need to do. And you guys out there, if you're listening, who are evangelists and, and we know you're evangelists, man, keep doing the work, keep plugging away and keep being an example to us um, of, of what what we need to be doing. So thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. You can catch another episode, same time, same place next week here on Ministry and Missions Unfiltered. See ya. Mm-hmm.